0: Talking Aloud, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Once again I'm interviewing myself, that's me, and today our topic is going to be spontaneity. Let me say this, you chose the topic of spontaneity because you really don't know what we're going to talk about today, do you? In fact, you're absolutely correct. I have no idea whatsoever what's going to come out of my mouth or my mouth in this conversation. So it could go almost anywhere <laughs> and that's the idea of spontaneity, I suppose. It's worth mentioning that we already have recorded another interview on spontaneity. It'll probably be released in a week or two uh, with my cousin, Zach Rogo, a poet, who is talking about the Surrealist movement and their deliberate use of spontaneity in both the visual and the literary arts. So, uh, there is a sense in which the topic is inspired by that conversation that has yet to be released. but. Let me begin by asking you, what what do you think uh, spontaneity suggests? what What arises for you when you hear that word? Love. I think of spontaneity as somehow related to love. And uh, of course, love is another topic that was recently covered when I did the live stream on the Valentine's Day, the last Sunday, the 14th of February. So, there is an important element of spontaneity when it comes to love. First of all, it's about letting go of inhibitions. Normally, we're not spontaneous because we're relatively inhibited as we go through life. Especially as, as we get older, young children are far more spontaneous and, and maybe very old people are more spontaneous. But those of us in the, in the middle years of, of life get into our routines, into our patterns, into our set personality. So, being spontaneous is often like seizing the moment, taking advantage of of, of an opportunity. And Especially, I think it's important to find opportunities to express warmth and affection and positive feelings to our, our fellow human beings and also our fellow sentient beings. Well, that's fine and good, but what about uh, negative forms of spontaneity, uh, for example, now that I think of it, uh, cases where uh, individuals will suddenly attack and stab and kill a total stranger for no motivation whatsoever, just out of nowhere. They're, they're, spontaneous violence can erupt. Uh, I guess you have to say spontaneity, <laughs> yes. It's a double-edged sword. It can be positive and negative. Like practically everything in this world, I guess you'd have to say. And surely, yes, I could be spontaneously angry right now. I could go into one of my rants about politics, for example. It's easy to get riled up uh, on politics, and and to go off. Uh, in in fact, I know that anger <laughs> is, is like that. Anger can erupt and, and cause spontaneous outbursts that for the most part people regret afterwards. And, um. I think it's fair to say that that happens because we inhibit, we suppress our anger until it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then it erupts <laughs> like a volcano. And, and I have to say, I'm particularly susceptible to that. Not that I'm an angry person. I'm not. I have a very, very high anger threshold. So I rarely get angry, but when I do, it can, it can surprise me. So. We've agreed now that spontaneity has both a negative and a positive side, but it would seem to me that it's a useful thing to cultivate spontaneity in a positive sense. My wife, Janelle, has a wonderful story about that. She, in her workshops for her business clients, encourages people to think out of the box, to be spontaneous, meaning to do new things, to do things they've never done before. And uh, She tells a story about how in one of her seminars a a woman asked, uh, well, uh, what can I do to be spontaneous? And she said, well, for example, when you go into your house, instead of going in through the front door, go in through a window sometime. <laughs> Well, the woman tried it, actually, and she had to get a ladder to enter her house through the window. And it, it turned out a policeman saw her trying to <laughs> break into the house and came and, and asked her what she was doing. And she explained that it was her own house and that she was doing an exercise in spontaneity. It turned out that she and the policeman developed a relationship as a result of that, and they got married. So, uh, an act of spontaneity like that can often lead to wonderful things that you would never have predicted or expected. So you're suggesting then that spontaneity is a value in and of itself. It's important to understand that we have the capability to do things that surprise even us, that we're not totally locked in. And I'll tell you why I think this is particularly important. I hear from viewers all the time who feel they don't have control in their lives, who feel that the quote, elites are in control of their lives, that their options are being cut off because the elites somehow have charge of them. And I really want to urge these people, and I think there's a little bit of this in all of us, not to the extent, I think, mean, <laughs> of some of my viewers, but we feel sometimes that we haven't a choice, that that we're constrained. In fact, I recall my father saying uh, once, when I was a young man, he uh, was asking me, what do I want to do with my life? And I said, I'd like to travel, for example. And I have had the benefit of traveling uh, all over the world, really. and. But my father said to me, well, that's very nice. He said, but you don't understand. You can't do that because once you get married and have kids, then it's over. You've got to support your family. You can't just take off and (laughs) do these things. Well, and to a large degree, he's correct. People choose not to. They choose to become responsible parents and responsible citizens. So, we often willingly give up our freedom, which is fine when it's our choice to do that, because you can't do everything in any case. But, sometimes we forget what we can do. We forget what is possible. I'll give you an example. It's possible to change your political party, even though you've been a lifelong Democrat, such as I have been or a lifelong Republican, or a lifelong anarchist, a lifelong communist, a lifelong fascist, you can change. Not that you ought to or that you will, but It's within the realm of possibility. If you're a lifelong Jew, a lifelong Catholic, a lifelong Muslim, a lifelong Protestant, you too can change. You may say that, but as I recall, (laughs) there's a severe punishment for lifelong Muslims who change, I believe, right there uh, in the Quran. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I'm not a uh, scholar of the Koran, so I can't correct you, but it is something that I've also heard. However, uh, I don't think that every Muslim who has given up the uh, religion for whatever reason has has been executed as a result. Uh, although, obviously, in, there are certain cultures that are very, very harsh if you violate their taboos. and the, uh, People uh, fall into line when that's the case. Naturally, we are concerned for our own safety and the safety of our family members, and fear is a very strong motivator. But even in a situation where you're threatened by fear, you have options. You can be spontaneous in many different ways. Yeah, but isn't it spontaneity that, that sort that gets people arrested from time to time? I might be in a, a department store and spontaneously decide to walk off with some of the merchandise. That's not a good thing yeah, I (laughs) couldn't agree more about that. It's a bad thing to do. and uh, I'm reminded, since you bring it up, about the monologue, the conversation, actually, this is a (laughs) a conversation between the two of us, but it could also be viewed as a monologue, a monologue about raising your vibrations and in it, the basic implication that I expressed, although I didn't say so quite so directly, was if you really want to raise your vibrations, focus on higher values, focus on being the best version of yourself, focus on goodness, focus on truth, focus on beauty in your life. That's how you raise your vibrations. And so, What you want to do with your spontaneity is move in that direction towards beauty, truth, and goodness. Now, I know that uh, some viewers are going to say, hey, wait, didn't you just interview Mitch Horowitz about Satanism? What about that? You seem to be encouraging people to move away from beauty, truth, and goodness. But is, is that really true? Maybe you want to say more about that. Is that really true? <laughs> I've seen the comments. I know that some of the viewers say, look at the way he dresses. He's dressed in black all the time. He even colors his fingernails black. How 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 is that moving towards beauty, truth, and goodness? Uh, And besides, people keep repeating about all of these horrible crimes and sacrilegious uh, sacraments, sacrifices, eating babies, for all I know, that they accuse Satanists of. And I know Mitch would say that's a myth. Those things don't really happen. But. Uh, and then the counter argument will be, well, look at the news. They do. There are reports of things like that. And then the people who are in favor of Satanism will say, yeah, but they're not real Satanists. These are crazy people who are taking on the mask of Satanism as kind of a, a, a social protest or to sort of, um, embellish their, um, their persona in one way or another. They are not real theological Satanists. The real theological Satanists are good law-abiding citizens and shouldn't be confused with these criminals. Well, you got to give them credit uh, for thinking deeply about the issue, but I gather that you're, you're not quite satisfied with that position either. I think <laughs> if you're a Satanist, you can be spontaneous too. You could convert. You could become a, a devout religious fundamentalist if, if you wanted to, or you could become a uh, Luciferian instead of a Satanist, or a Promethean instead of a Satanist. I don't know. Or, or you could uh, join uh, Satanists for peace. <laughs> yeah, but don't you see that that's a problem if, if the Satanists start joining the peace movement, how bad that could be for the peace movement? Well, the problem with Satanism is that it's sort of a a taboo thing to get into by very definition. And yet, I have to say, I think they have a point to, to make. I'm not a Satanist. (laughs) I have no interest, actually, in promoting or encouraging Satanism. However, I do encourage people to think deeply about these things. I think that we often are programmed socially to consider things only from one perspective, only from the perspective that anything associated with Satanism has to be the worst possible evil. That's a kind of programming and it's certainly not the only way to think about it. Well, now you're getting into a much deeper issue here because I hear from viewers all the time who seem to feel as if we're being programmed in one way or another, in particular people who feel we're being programmed by the media were being programmed by the big corporations, by the advertisers, by big government and and propaganda. and uh, uh, They often accuse me, and you, and me, of simply being a mouthpiece for all of these programmers out there who are trying to program humanity. A, A big one, for example, right now, since there's a push on to vaccinate a large percentage of the population, I hear blowback from viewers all the time who who say you're just succumbing to some sort of evil sort of programming if you go along with the vaccination. So, being spontaneous to them is not to get vaccinated and, and to resist the effort to program them. You might say that that's a satanic form of rebellion there and is that good or bad? I tend to think, in this instance, it's not good. I tend to think that, as I have expressed before, hundreds of thousands of people have died from the coronavirus. I'm not aware of anybody yet dying from the vaccine, even though I do know the symptoms can be uncomfortable for 24 hours or so. But, It's There's a need, I think, for unity in humanity. You know, united we're strong, divided we're weak, and uh, in particular, Americans, as long as we're fighting each other, we're not as strong a nation as we can be. And so, it would be good to have unity. On the other hand, there are people who say, sure, you can have unity on my terms, but not on your terms. So, (laughs) what are you going to do? You have to debate. You have to debate. And part of the debate is being willing to engage with people. And the problem of being willing to engage with people is we're in our silos lately. And so, I think an act of spontaneity is one of breaking out of the silo, make friends with a person who's in another silo. Exchange ideas with a person who is not in your silo, a person who sees things very differently. That would be a wonderful act of spontaneity. and I know it can be very difficult because we get so frustrated with each other. We have such different views of right and wrong with each other. So, you're encouraging people from different political perspectives to interact with each other in an honest, open, humane way. That that's a a new form of spontaneity that we need more of. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going with this. If you want to be spontaneous, find the kind of a person who you think is your enemy, a kind of a person who thinks very, very differently than you, that you look down on because of uh, their attitudes, and befriend them. Get to know them. Share ideas with them. I—that's I, what I encourage. And I, honestly, I think it's an act of love. And I think at bottom, I'll say this over and over and over and over again: At bottom, you and me and and the flies and the cockroaches are all just different versions of each other. I know sometimes that's hard to swallow, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a bedrock truth. And if we can use spontaneity to live that principle, our lives will be much better. Even the cockroaches, now you've got to be honest, I because I know that you uh when you find a cockroach, have no hesitation in capturing it and killing it. So And yet, you call yourself a pacifist. What What kind of a real pacifist are you, and are you actually encouraging people to love the flies and the cockroaches? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But that's the beauty of being spontaneous. You can take an idea that seems totally crazy from a conventional viewpoint and sit with it. I suppose I'll still keep killing cockroaches, but when I do, I'm going to acknowledge that they are, in their own way, another version of me. I just don't want them in my house. On that note, I want to thank you for being with me. I want to thank our viewers and our listeners for being with us. This has been a very interesting and unusual conversation. Uh, certainly had no idea it was going to end up on this note of the oneness that we share with flies and cockroaches, but here we are. and I want to thank you and our viewers and listeners for being with us as well.